Welcome cool. to the Paradise Paradox. All right. So what were you talking about this time, Mr. B? Okay. Um, we're going we're gonna to follow up on a previous episode, and we're going to discuss the future of the music industry. Mm-hmm. It's got a very vivid and beautiful life ahead of itself. Are you, are you talking like you talk to a, to a dog? Okay, let's, well, do, let's do it again. Let me tell uh, you about. Okay, so we're talking about we're talking about uh, the the future of the music industry, like how it's going to be affected by technology. Uh, what Steve Albini has to say, the the famous record producer, the guy the guy who said that um, the the music industry was was broken, or that he wrote this article, the problem with music. Um, now it says the the problem is solved, and he explains how it's solved. So we talk, discuss him, his articles and his ideas, and we talk about solutions, um, technological solutions, um, some of which already exist, which allow musicians to independently release their music, and also some some solutions using blockchain technology, which are going to empower musicians even more and find different ways for them to receive remuneration for their valiant efforts yes so we're going to have a whole new positive future of all different kinds of new music because these technological changes are going to open up um, direct revenue streams open open relationships between the artist (laughs) polyamorous musical relationships and the fan or multiple yeah. fans however you <laughs> wish to play but however many can fit in a band your music or a studio will be played this is, this is why it's exciting play on player all right so jump onto uh facebook and you pr- can press like on facebook and you can press like and subscribe on on uh, youtube and you can uh subscribe to us on itunes podcast podcast addict uh, leave us a few head on over to the paradiseparadox.com and you can leave us a comment there and communicate us with us one one to one telepathic mind control illumination and uh, you can see on the paradiseparadox.com it's got a link up the top uh, well it's got a couple it's got one for giving us a tip uh, which we appreciate very much when when you do that um, it helps us out it helps us um, work on new projects and, and improve our production quality and, and do loads of cool stuff like jumping upside down and trampolines in our underwear. And um, you see there's also a link there for T-shirts. So, so go ahead. If you if you got some, some money to spend, go, go buy a T-shirt. If you're a supporter of uh, Bitcoin, gold, silver, alternative currency, sound money, uh, then uh, buy, you can buy some of those T-shirts on there. And have a good time. Show it to all your friends. Bamboozle them with brilliance. So we got a few interesting comments here on a, on a, on our videos from uh, the last week or so. So one of them uh, here, Baltimore Hourly, commented on our video uh, where we just uh, arrived at the LeBitConf, and he, uh, we were discussing why, possibly, why the the Central Bank of Mexico would want to create their own uh, cryptocurrency. And I said, Is it, would it be because they're trying to? Uh, take down the American dollar supremacy or, or trying to introduce a competing currency. Baltimore Alley had a, had a different idea, which I think has a lot of validity. His idea is basically that the um, that they want to keep tabs on the people and so they, they expect that they can use a digital currency to do that. Um, so it's just like tracking credit card payments, except they're all controlled by the central bank and they can see everything. Uh, and it's written... They either do not fully understand that Bitcoin is decentralized or they do and they just want their own centralized version. They are not talking about adopting Bitcoin as a currency. That would be totally counterproductive toward their citizen as milk, beef, cow view of the world. So so to, to clarify that, he's saying right now uh, um, states see their citizens as, as milk cows um, with some commodity to be extracted from them. And... Yeah, the the other the other comment 
um, the other interesting comment that we got was on the um, episode 75, the Andreas Antonopoulos interview, and uh, John Smith with the suspicious name, suspicious <laughs> YouTube account with approximately zero activity and zero videos. But he said he left us something interesting. He, re- he reckoned that, um, like, in Andreas Antonopoulos, um, his estimation was that uh, the killer app in developed countries such as the United States or Australia or the UK uh, was going to be uh, micropayments. But John Smith had a different idea. He said that that um, decentralized e-commerce like OpenBazaar and BitMarkets would be the killer app in the USA because um, his his case is that um, eBay is, is being choked by, by regulation or being being sort of corrupted by its users, and so so much that it's barely usable. So if you have a decentralized system which can somehow um, some, somehow moderate itself, uh, then that's going to be so useful um, in in developed nations that that people will jump right on board with that. Yeah, it's completely plausible. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I stopped using eBay because of the service fees were, were too high. Ah, right. Okay. And um, But in Australia, you use Gumtree instead because it's kind of... Yeah, Gumtree, Craigslist, that kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. So all those developers out there get cracking. <laughs> yeah. Killer apps in the, the process. Okay. All right. So uh, today's app, we're talking about music and possibly my fault i found my old ipod and i was telling kurt earlier as as i turned up that i was in a super good mood because i was listening to you know classics old favorites from 10 years ago classics what exactly do you define as a classic some some um some old trance anthems some happy hardcore I don't know. I don't know if people even listen to that anymore. But as as I'm cruising over here, dodging potholes, it was mad style. <laughs> Good times. Okay. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So music. Um, I know it wasn't that long ago we we talked about the music industry. Yeah, we talked about the ghost of music industry past episode sixty seven. Uh, and now we want to talk about the ghost of music industry future, well, the present and the future. So, like, the, the basically, we talk about the post-internet era of music, how it's changed uh, since since the internet started to become a thing, and and uh, what we're looking at over the next few years, uh, how it's going to change once again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, I mean, it's not finished. Like the music industry is not not dead; um, it's just well, gone through a, a change, a change of a change of hand. Um, <laughs> I don't know you, you talked to me about Courtney Love um, and her. She had an article where you know she was essentially happy to. I mean, she was so upset with the whole industry yeah. that um, she got the point that she's like, you know what? I'd rather give my music away than be involved with a label and and the industry itself. And I'd rather have my fans, you know, give me direct tips or, you know, support me that way. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the time, obviously, the technology wasn't there to to accommodate that on a on a wide enough scale to make it. I don't know. I mean, obviously, she would have taken a pay cut if that's the case. Uh, yeah, yeah. Prob- well, I mean, she, maybe not because I mean, in in that article. Uh, and the and the related speeches which she did she she broke it down much like um, Steve Albini did in the problem of music the other article the key article which we uh, which we cited in the in the last episode but the, um, so the thing was she she goes through and, and breaks it down and saying this uh, this is how much um, a, a musician can hope to make in a, in a year was signed to a major label or or, or an indie label, and it's um, the way St- Steve Albini describes it. It's like, well, they made about a third of what they would um, if they had been if they had have been working at Seven Eleven, but at least they got to ride on a tour bus. So, <laughs> you know, with a, someone like Courtney Love who already had a big following, um, I guess that would be somewhat feasible for for her at at that time um you know at the time of napster um uh 
so around uh, around 2000 to uh, to just put her music online and, and give it away and say hold out the tip cup and say please can I have a little bit? <laughs> That's kind of cheating though, isn't it? I mean, well, if you got a, if you're out in the street and you, you're playing your violin or you know you're singing and you're banging you know your tambourine, busking with your with your can or your your case open, yeah, it's a little bit hard if people don't know who you are. Or if you're not really that good, but I mean, but if they see a tour bus, <laughs> all right. If you if you're a good musician and you get paid for it, that is cheating. That's right out. <laughs> no, You've uh, obviously got an unfair advantage in the market. Well, it's. I'm not going to argue that point. That's that's silly. <laughs> you can you know how to play your instrument. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, that's not fair. How about I give you? How about I give you one of my instruments that you don't know how to play, and then I'll see if you're any yeah, good. Yeah, then we'll see how. Fancy you are, Mr. Bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's one thing to to have a label and yeah. then and then you know get the exposure and I guess coming going from being a well known performer and then going to say okay, I'm changing my format and my income yeah. uh, to someone that's up and coming. You know, yeah. that's that's very different. But sure, I mean, sure. the, the barriers to entry for a, a brand new musician that's I mean, it's it's, it's kind of hard, isn't it? I haven't tried it. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's 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 hard, you know. It's hard to develop a following. Uh, that's that's never an easy thing, regardless of you know if if you're in any kind of uh, performing arts or you know starting a podcast, doing a podcast like we are. It's not not an easy thing. Uh, but we do it for the fun, <laughs> right? So, I, was, fuck the followers. No, no it, I didn't read that. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, let's. Um, if the if the cameras weren't here and I wasn't holding a mic. I was holding a cigar or something in, <laughs> instead. Um, yeah. We'd still be having this conversation, I think, wouldn't we? Yeah. Prob- it's kind of the reason why we started. Yeah, it'd probably be less well-researched. But <laughs> yeah, okay. Good, good point. Making the facts up off the top of our heads and using, using statistics from a random number generator. Isn't that what the other guys do? Mm, I don't know. Ask them. Uh, so I, th- I think actually... Um, Pearl Jam started using that method. Um, that was uh, that was that was their like revenue model. I don't know if it still is, but they they um, they they stopped signing with the major label, and they're like, you know, we're just going to sell our albums online, whatever. Uh, and they they tended to do a lot better um, financially than they did with the major label, though they might not have gotten as much. Um, uh, quite as, as much exposure as it would with with a label. Um, yeah, but again, it's a case where someone already has a, a large following. So yeah, but coming up on on the internet, you know, it's easier these days to be an independent media outlet and, and some generating any kind of independent media um, than it was like twenty years ago. Yeah, no, no, it's it's completely it's completely different. I mean now. Yeah. Now you get your music out, SoundCloud. You got your your Facebook set up. You can interact with your fans. Um, you know, yeah. you're not just on the street corner dealing with anyone that walks past. Yeah. You're, you're literally, you know, there's there's no limit to getting pretty much anyone in the world if they got internet mm-hmm. and get access or, or know how to find you. Mm-hmm. But still, that's hard if you know you're trying to find your fans. Yeah. Yeah, because the the fans are spoiled for choice. They don't know who to who to choose, uh, who to spend their time listening to. Yeah. So um, uh, if, if we jump in and like we're talking about technology, we're talking about the internet, uh, the tech changes because I mean the the first one was like the the whole MP3 issue, like that that pulled power away. But yeah, um, streaming is that like stage two? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Yeah. So, yeah, so we had a couple of uh, quotes from Steve Albini. So, so Steve Albini um, released some, uh, did some, did some interviews, and, and in, in these interviews he's basically said that the, the internet has solved the problem with music. Um, so that's, this is like this, the sequel to, to his famous article from back in the 90s. And so he said things like, the single best thing that has happened in my lifetime in music after punk rock of course, is being able to share music globally for free. 
he said in an interview with uh, Quartz, QZen.com, that's such an incredible development. Um, so, yeah, so this is coming from a, you know, a, a heavyweight in the music industry. Um, the fact is, uh, like I wrote an article about this and I, I called it, when will music piracy be renamed uh, costless distribution? Because that's what it is. Like you don't have to send out a CD or cassette tape to your fans anymore. Basically, you've got the, the, the world's cheapest distribution model at your fingertips when it comes to sending music out to your fans. And that's, it's, it's so, in a way, it's really perverse that the music industry would ever look at that as a disadvantage that they can actually distribute their music for free and for that they were they were complaining <laughs> um that's that's crazy because what it did is it, i mean it significantly reduced their uh their overheads but of course in the in this um you know in the industry that they dominated for so long it also significantly reduced their revenue kind of joke on them right but i mean that yep. it, it shouldn't have it shouldn't have been. It shouldn't have been seen that way. I mean, if you look at it from any other business, if you have, let's just say, distribution, traditionally a truck's got to turn up, pick yeah. up your stock, and take it directly to your fans on a on the fan pulling the truck towards them basis. That's that's uh, kind of it's <laughs> kind of hard to imagine. I don't I don't see anyone doing that for free. But just because I don't see anyone pulling any trucks around today. You see. <laughs> You haven't been on the websites I've been on. Okay. I've seen some truck pulling. <laughs> That's uh, www.truckpullerfantasy.com. <laughs> right, okay. Strongman competitions that are interesting. <laughs> okay. But, okay. But I think the, the, issue, the issue here with, with that not being capitalized on was yep. that, you know, you got a system of control. You got, yep. you got people that, that are in this business model and they don't want to let it go. They're, they're getting their cut for whatever they do. And it's like, you know, why, why am I going to, why are you going to give up free money? I don't see anyone not picking up free money. And, you know, if, if they're stuck in a contract or if, you know, you're, you're bound, well, I'm talking if you're bound to a label, if you're an artist, then, you know, of course, you know, then, you, then they've got like a, I don't know how they work, five years, 10 years, so many, they sign, they're going to make. albums probably. Yeah, albums or, or shows or whatever. It's like, why are you going to give that up just because all of a sudden people can start teleporting your music it's craziness yeah yeah <laughs> so it's a you know it's the same old story of this uh, of a of a, an established industry getting disrupted the same thing that we're seeing like with taxi the taxi unions and uber and they're all complaining like oh I, don't you understand i took out three mortgages on my taxi medallion well maybe you shouldn't have done that you irresponsible financial goon <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Payment in- goes out to you. You, <laughs> yeah, um, you, you, uh, you beneficiary of a, of a corrupt um, olig- oligarchical system. <laughs> oh God, you know that's just that's just sad. That's um, unlucky. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, you know the the industrial revolution, and you had like the 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 Luddites. Um, which uh, apparently some of them, maybe not the Luddites exactly, but some some people would go around uh, like burning factories and things, burning burning um, automated looms or whatever it was, uh, because they they were the competition and they were putting people out of jobs. And so instead of getting paid, you know, a dollar an hour, these these machines were doing the work for a fraction of the cost, and everybody was really angry about that. But too bad. Number one rule of business, adapt or die. So you better adapt if you want to stay in the game. Uh, that's how it goes. Yeah, that's it. I'm just thinking you don't see any any bulls pushing tractors around going, give me my job back. It's like, you know, nature finds a way. <laughs> yeah, I don't think too many bulls are complaining about that. Well, maybe if they're... Uh, What's the what's the word for a bull that gets castrated? I don't the know. Um, a, a bullock, is it yeah. bullock? No, okay. a bo- bollocks. <laughs> a bo- <laughs> save if, save the bollocks. If a bull could talk, <laughs> if a bull could talk, it would probably talk bollocks. Okay, so yeah, so so free distribution. Yeah, virtually free. 
Um, you have to pay for bandwidth, but you know, compared to de- delivering to your door or to to a store, it's much cheaper. But that's only for a limited time. I mean, soon soon that's going to be limited time well. offer. What do you mean? It's what do you mean? Well, like MeshNet. If, okay. If you don't okay. need a, if you don't need a bandwidth here in your internet, you'd borrow it from your neighbor and. All right. You know. Uh. Yeah, that's a possibility. Bunny um, hole that. Yeah, yeah, that that might be something we're seeing in the future that eventually reduces the the cost of internet so significantly that maybe we don't even have to pay. Um, but that's yeah, that's that's yet to come. Uh, yeah. So I like this this other quote from Steve Albini here, where he says, "the the old copyright model, the person who creates something owns it." and anyone else that wants to use it or, or see it has to pay them, has expired in the same way that around the world you're seeing structures and social norms lapse that were standard for many years. So I, I like this because it comes back to to this idea that exists in, in common law, like the, the way things are treated are the way things are, or are they, the, the maxim of law, the, the way it's normally phrased, is a common, a common error is law so it's uh like i've said before you might call this natural law uh like basically if if so many people are going to pirate uh, a movie or or a piece of music uh then you have to treat it as it's lawful because you have no choice uh there's no way you can outlaw everybody sharing music you can stop a couple of people doing it you you can you might be able to shut down the, the pirates um selling uh s- selling uh, bootleg movies on on the corner in the plaza, uh, but you can't stop everybody doing it, and that's uh, that that's an interesting, mm, yeah, it's an interesting way the law works. Uh, I'm thinking, like, you know, you're talking about pri- uh, copyright. Have you yeah. noticed how many people sell copyright CDs and DVDs, movies in particular, here in Mexico? Yeah, you can go down to the expiatorio on the weekends and there's somebody selling something. You go walk into San Juan de Dios, the, the, the big market in the in the center of the Guadalajara and, yeah, there's like an entire floor of <laughs> pirated movies, I think. If you travel half an hour out of the city to any of the surrounding suburbs, yeah. right near the corner store, there's someone that's got right. know, like their... Their little coat hangers and yeah, tapes and it's on. not like he's selling it out of a jacket and, nice. and about to take off in a hurry. He's taking a whole wall up, and you yeah. got you got the whole video easy right there, just stuck on the stuck on the wall. Yep. Um, but I, I think here in Mexico as well, even on even on YouTube, like a lot of the a lot of the movies that might be blocked if if you're in in Australia, then um, here there's like the the Spanish version, and it's completely completely open. I don't even pay my ten pesos to go get my copyrighted movie anymore. I just YouTube it, and and I, I don't know whether that's a thing, whether you know Mexican governments laxed on that or what. But you can get movies direct online. Right, right. It's like well, that, it's not, it's let's not, forget about it's it. It's like uh, this arbitration is outside the control of the government, really, because the, normally what would happen, a company like Viacom would contact YouTube and said, "Hey." You're, uh, you're, you're sharing our material for free and then YouTube would take it down or block it or something like that. Yeah. Uh, but in the, I, I guess in this case, it's like, the, I, I think the normally the way they, they recognize the videos is these big companies scan YouTube for the audio. They don't scan it for the video because the, the video, you well, normally you can just flip it or do something, uh, put, put some little effect on it and put it up. So, so it's normally the audio that they look for. Uh, and the thing is, I guess they're mainly concerned about the ones in English or in the original language rather than the dubs. That makes a whole lot of sense. But I mean, you know, my little theory. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's possible because here here in Mexico, YouTube's got pretty much all the movies open in in Spanish, of course, with terrible voices. It doesn't it's not it's not the same experience. But hey, you get what you pay for. <laughs> you get shitty voices. Yeah. So yeah. So back to back to streaming. Um, what do you? What's your opinion? 
on streaming. <laughs> okay, streaming. Um, so it's yep. it's convenient. It uses your your phone, Megs. Uh, <laughs> I I didn't particularly like it. Okay, okay. That, well, that, that's my what, opinion. I guess there's a few there's a few different forms too because you have something like SoundCloud where you can go and listen to your friends' music or you know some some independent artist who wants to share his music. Yep. But then you have the 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 paid versions or the 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 for profit um, ones where where artists are trying to make money from it. So things like Spotify and Pandora, um, and yeah. Well, I mean, if you look from a from a, a consumer view, like I, I know a lot of people use streaming and Spotify in the last three months has taken off. Really? In, in my circles here in Mexico, it's like it's like oh, a okay. it's like a um, you know a way to. You know, to say you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I got I got Spotify. I got the I got the latest cool, you know, non you know outside Mexico world app, okay. and, and I got like, hey, not not the preocupes, güey. Tengo Spotify, super cholo. <laughs> que quieres escuchar, pues? <laughs> right. And but but it's it's like a, it's a level. It's uh, well that and you got you got Megs, like we're saying, not very not people have got extensive bandwidth on their on their phone right, internet right. so um you know i can pull up any song i want right here it's kind of a cool thing to do so so it's kind of it's a new it's hip yeah. um so i know that spotify in particular has is growing here in mexico it's reasonably popular but it's very limited like you know there's a lot of the the mexican music that people listen to isn't on spotify ah uh, of course yeah so it's like you, you, you want to listen to some gringo shit I got it. You want to listen to some good stuff? I'm sorry. You want to listen to Vanda? <laughs> Everybody loves Vanda. <laughs> uh, I don't. I we we got like to put some links in to the Mexican best, just in case you don't yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, I think it's I think it's good in, in that in that case. It's convenient. I mean, if you want to listen to uh, what's popular, mm. what's deemed, you know number one but um but in this case if you want to listen to something that's going to you know really get a hit at a, at a local party here in mexico spotify is probably not going to give you that that status but um okay so but, we need bandify and bandora developers <laughs> we're calling definitely in, in niche and it needs to be opened up but i think that's really the only benefit to the to the consumer the fact that it is convenient and most people including myself didn't really know how it works. It's like, you know, you search for music. If it's there, it starts playing. If it's not, it doesn't start playing. I mean, that, that's how that little black phone works, right? <laughs> what? Super, super easy. You search for a song. If it's there, it plays. If it's not, okay. you, you look for something else. Okay. okay. Um, that, that's the, Sounds that, like a great business model. That, that's the issue. But, I mean, I guess people don't want to hold, people don't want to have MP3s anymore. I thought it was cool because I had had my iPhone from years ago, yeah, and it's got all my 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 favorites, right? You know, and I was able to reminisce on you know high school days and you know cruising around, you know, back in the where were you was that mid two thousands? Well, ten years ago, she that's ten years ago. Um, but you know, not everyone's going to want to keep MP3s. That's kind of you know you kind of want to get what's the latest. Or you want to hear something different? I know sometimes I just YouTube search now for music. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. I feel like a grandpa doing it. But it's <laughs> what YouTube searching for music? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why does that make you grandpa? I'm sure a lot of people do it. Like YouTube parties. Like who who brings music to a party? Yeah, it's true. It's true. Yeah, in YouTube, you know, it's easy, it's accessible. Everybody knows. Yeah, um, but the, but but about the deeper the deeper deeper problems he's paying for it that's the okay. issue about, <laughs> money are you saying people are selling uh pirated spotify accounts in the corner as well um i don't know for that tech advance <laughs> just yet okay. okay we barely got an internet but, connection <laughs> all right well what do you mean when you say paying for it well it's like um well i mean i've i'm researched now i looked how, yeah. how the how the 
the algorithm, the formula, you know, yep. the mathematical process and how the artists get paid. Yeah. So okay. So, so you don't, don't front and pretend that you, <laughs> that you did all this research yourself. Actually, we read one article uh, on medium.com. It was a very extensive article. <laughs> That's true. Streaming music is ripping you off is, is the article. And it's, a, yeah, it is an excellent article. Yeah. It, it's, it's not what I thought it was. Streaming. Yep. I, yep. I assumed that, you know, if, I, if I'm streaming my favorite band or my artist, that I'm literally supporting them. And, of course, I had to deal with the, the annoying ads and, you know, mm. every, every second song all of a sudden I'm getting sold. I don't, I don't know. It's just, you know, it's like – and the ads are always louder as well, which is really annoying. But you deal yep. with it. We are like, okay, you know, I'm listening to, you know, the top songs from X artist and, you know, they're going to get, you know, some crumbs for it, but it all adds up. So you deal with it. But then you, when you look at the, the actual payment model, it's like, you know, then they maybe they're not getting all your all your hardships and all yep. your efforts and getting paid the full amount that they that you're thinking they get paid just by listening to your music. Yeah. It's a little yeah. more complicated than that. Yeah. So I mean it's split into two different bits. You got the subscribers that you might pay, you know, your your monthly fee. And then there's the the payments that come in from the advertisings. Mm-hmm. So you go, okay, well, I've picked my top, my top artists that I listen to pretty much all the time. But my, my monthly fee has got nothing to do with who I listen to. More or less. Uh, not, I mean, that's not entirely true, but, but um, more, it's more or less true. Because the thing is, it's like, uh, it explains it quite in depth in the article in a, like, um, an intuitive way, which you might think that, that they uh, divide the revenue is say if you pay $20 a month and you listen to 20 songs, each of those 20 artists will get $1 and that would make perfect sense. But that's not the way they do it. So they actually just um, look at the, in, instead of looking at who you listen to individually and apportion your funds accordingly, actually what they do is is uh, throw your $20 into, in, into a big pool and they throw all the listens into a big pool, and then they divide the the uh, um, all of the money according to to the listens. And that means even if you listen to a, a, a small amount of music, um, the money that you've paid doesn't go to to the artist which you've, you've listened to. Um, uh, at least not not in the. Uh, not according to how you've listened to those artists proportionally to your payment. Well, the first half of that sounded pretty fair. I guess it sounds it sounds fair, you yeah. know. Rather than ra- rather than than picking on you and and your you know making you feel special, we just throw all the money together. We'll throw we'll throw all the music together, and whoever whoever gets listened to the most, they get paid the most. Right. It's yeah. On on its face, maybe it doesn't sound that bad, but the problem is then you have things like, um, well, the the system gets exploited, and it's like the the challenge to a hacker. Well, this system is is unhackable. Oh, really? Let me have a look at it. Uh, and so what you have on there is a bunch of bots, and maybe these bots are even set up by Spotify and Pandora themselves. I mean, who knows? But but that would be a way for them to to put more money back in their coffers. Um, and you know, a back, uh, someone working there could put a little back door in, so so his bot gets gets avoided, and then puts that cash in his own pocket. That's a possibility. It's, uh, I'm not making any like allegations, but but that is a, a technical possibility. Uh, so the the thing is, uh, the, the thing is, you have all you do have bots on on Spotify and Pandora. Um, clicking on music or listen, listening to this music over and over again. So it bumps it up. Um, in some cases, you'll even have songs which are blank, like one minute of silence. And, a, you know, I'm not talking about a, a fine composition by John Cage. I just mean nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. Meditate on that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's back to like just fake clicks. Like you hear about these clicking houses where you just got people paid to, to click. I mean, you know, you program a bot to do that or to, to go through and cycle through songs. And, and of course, they put measures in to make sure that doesn't happen. Like um, like a maximum of this song, you know, this IP address, 
20 seconds. Right. I, I don't know if that's right. Apple Music or Spotify, but one of them's got something where you can only play it every 20 seconds. Right. But I mean, even that, on the example that they've got on this the website, you know, that's, that's talking about 900 bucks a month from one user um, if they're able to keep clicking like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that, that's a shame for maybe, you know, the an artist that doesn't have uh, robots working for them or people clicking their music or, you know, just, just an artist that doesn't have that many fans. And it's like, yep. you know, you're going to get left behind and something, a CD or music, an album that took you a year to pour out of your heart and soul mm. to give to your fans and all of a sudden you're getting nothing? You're, you're doing that, you produce that and you're at 7-Eleven trying, trying to pay for your rent. Like, that sucks, <laughs> man. Yeah. Yeah, and it doesn't seem quite right because if if you think about it, like imagine if you you, you have an artist and say you know maybe this artist um, he's 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 selling his own records and stuff and uh, producing producing it all himself, whatever, and maybe he makes say he can he can produce an album a year and, and um, make it say three three dollars one one to three dollars an album now if if he sells ten twenty thousand albums a year like if he has ten um you know ten thousand dedicated fans then then he'll probably make be making a, a decent living by that but not through the streaming model that's it's not gonna it's not gonna really pay off for him <laughs> Uh, yeah, at, le- yeah. at least not through the, the main ones that are set up at the moment, centralized streaming houses, you know, your right. Spotify's and Apple Music. Um, I don't know if any other big ones. But then on top of that, they pinch 30% of your pie. Right. I mean, well, like, you just, know, they have just to service. cover their costs as well, I guess. But, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think the, 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 the revenue model is more that's a problem because it means it's just a, a small percentage of... of People are, are the ones who are deciding what's going to happen. So we went through some of the problems with streaming, but then there's, um, there are other income models too, which people are looking at. Um, well, some I mean, some of them involve streaming. So we've got we've got a few here, um, but uh, one of the one of the oldest um, alternatives to to labels, uh, which artists have been using for years now, is uh, CD Baby, and it's just a I mean, it's just a CD store, an online CD store. But the thing, the the, the good thing about it is, and and, and has been, that um, the the people who go on there looking for music are specifically looking for independent music uh, that they've probably never heard before. So they're looking for something different and, and unique, and that's where they expect to find it. Yeah, it was just because someone says this is good, you mightn't agree with it. <laughs> yeah, fuck those people. Yeah, so you know, Don't listen to them. You uh, you know what you like, and sometimes it's kind of hard to to find that if yeah. some big label isn't going to support and promote and distribute, you know, your style of music. Yeah. And you know, I think people that everyone that makes music they have to like their own music somewhat. Right, I mean, people don't make music and go, "Man, I, I hate my music," <laughs> but I'm going to sell it anyway. Because some chump's going to buy it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so City Baby helps you do that. I don't know. I I think there was some after Fifty Cent released uh, "Get Rich or Die Trying." I, I think he made some comments in an interview, basically saying that all of his fans were idiots for buying his music. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> I, I think I bought that CD. <laughs> how how many uh, thumbs up does it get on the Aaron scale? Um, how many stars? How many stars can I give? Is there a limit? <laughs> well, you're. Um, no, what was it? You used to have a scale for women where it's like it starts at five out of ten or something. <laughs> oh yeah, no stars. Yeah, stars at five. Because you you ignore the ignore anything less than that. <laughs> you shut them out of your reality. <laughs> okay, all right. 
Okay, until you just complete said that, blinders. Yeah. I, I completely forgot that, that I recreated the, the zero to 10 scale. Well, I mean, okay, realistically, if, you know, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, women. Okay. You so know, how, for, how for much of a judgmental. Is 50 cent on your one to five star system? Um, or or is it, doesn't it get rated? You know, I, I, no, I'll give him a quad fonts. Quite <laughs> that's, that's a four out of five. Four, four thumbs up. Okay. Well, it, it's different times because I mean, you know, I was a much younger, immature, different taste in music. You know, didn't really. Okay. Maybe I didn't have rhythm. I, I'm not. I'm not too sure. But you know, I haven't. I can say I haven't listened to his music recently. But at the time, you know, yeah, I was a fan of Fifty Cent. I think he had. He had a, a message. There was some sentiment. What, what, what was his message? Uh, okay. For me, it was, it was, you know, everyone goes through a struggle. Okay. okay. Different levels of struggle. Like, you know, some, some babies cry because they don't have their lollipop, you know? Um, but. (laughs) So they have to go to a candy store. (laughs) To get to the candy store. Yeah. Just, you know, take your, you know, your, your Ferrari, your, your Enzo. (laughs) Don't, don't get caught at the, um. Now, the drive-thru asleep, that doesn't, that doesn't work. Otherwise, you know, your food gets cold. You, you, okay. you, haven't, you haven't seen the video clip? No. Okay. No, okay. Is this um, the, the sequel to R. Kelly's tra- Trapping the Closet? Or the... T- <laughs> the uh... <laughs> no, well, look, 50 Cent. Yeah. He, for me, the message that I got from him was he, he went through his own struggle. Yeah. And, you know, I think people can relate to that. I think, you know, some people, you know, maybe didn't get the job they wanted or their, their girlfriend broke up with them. And some then it's like... Some people got shot six times and still not walking with a limp. Some, some people got... That's, the, that's a positive message. Some people got king hit once and game over. Like, shit that's happens. Who, who said that? Who, who said that? Shit happens. Uh, Tony Abbott. I think that's who you call Yes. <laughs> the, the, the reverend... Uh, the reverend high minister of the, of the church of... Drongos, Tony Abbott. Yeah. I don't think he thought there was a mic around and he was hanging with the boys out in the field and he thought, you know what? I'll get away with this. Well, okay. No, you know what? I don't think, so, he, I don't think he thought. To provide some context for the, for the out of the, the off the wall comment that Aaron's making. He's referring to a comment from the Australian prime minister that was caught on tape. Uh, he was the prime minister was talking to to some soldiers and some of their um, their, their colleagues um, had just gotten killed and and Tony Abbott said, "Well, it's clear that sometimes shit happens, doesn't it?" And uh, um, Tony Abbott never explained why he said those those comments. But do you remember what happened when he tried to explain? Yeah, he he stared down the the reporter for like five minutes without saying anything and. Looked like he was about to either have a, uh, have an aneurysm or, or crash tackle the guy. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't there. He wasn't happy. Um, yeah, he wasn't in his happy place. But um, so, okay, so the, enough of the political commentary. Um, um, everyone makes music for their own reasons. You know, some music comes out of really a happy place. Sometimes it comes out of a painful place. Um, the fact is that sure. if you make uh, your music, Tony Abbott's first album, yeah, someone will, someone. I mean, there's enough people in the world that one person will uh, will feel your music and you know give you that that one like, and then you build on that. Yeah. And uh, what are you talking about, City Baby? I don't know. Maybe you can get some revenue out of that. But there's other ways of making <laughs> money. There's other ways of making your own music. Yeah, yeah. So another one. Okay. Yeah, CD Baby, solid site. Been there for a long time, and and I guess it might stick around longer. Um, the yeah, you can watch the the um, some TED talks from the founder Derek Sivers. He's a pretty interesting guy. He's got some ideas about. Um, he, like he he wrote some good articles on the site talking about marketing. Like um, for for example, if a lot of artists, a, a lot of recording artists, um, when there's they're starting out. If somebody asks them, "Ah, oh, well, what kind of music do you, do they do you do?" Uh, and they'll say, "Ah, oh, it's just it's like nothing you've ever heard, man. You just you have to experience it." And and Derek Sivers makes 
the analogy. It's like you hand someone a business card and it just has your name on it and your address. And they say, so uh, what what do you do? And you say, oh, man, it's what we do there has, is like nothing else you've ever seen before. You just have to come and visit us. You can't uh, even know. You can't even imagine. <laughs> yeah. It's be to- totally beyond. It's next level. Um, so uh, so he gives the advice of like what you need to do is actually give somebody some kind of idea and he gives, gives an example like, um, so what kind of music do you guys make? Well, it kind of sounds like the Incredible Hulk having sex. Uh, and <laughs> that's you know that's completely zany, but but it gives at least it gives somebody a, an idea, something to latch onto, um, so they have an idea if they want to check out your music. Um, so yeah, Derek Siv is a pretty cool guy. Um, the yeah the next next one was uh, Baboom. So Baboom was actually started by the infamous. Kim.com, Notorious K-I-M. Really? I I wasn't kind of caught by surprise. (laughs) That's cool. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, um, with with his sites like um, Mega, Mega Upload, he's kind of been uh, sneakily, maybe not intentionally, disrupting the music industry by making it easy for, for people to share music and movies. For, for for quite a while, um, I don't know if that was intention, his intention, but but um, um, maybe maybe this was even an act of revenge. Like, yeah, you fuckers in the music industry trying to shut me down. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna make my own site where people can listen to music, and it's gonna be much better. So uh, so the thing is about Baboom for artists. Um, they get 90% of, of the revenue as opposed to like with, you know, with, with Spotify, they get who knows how much, a uh, very small percentage. Well, less than 70. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or with, uh, you know, with a major label, there's no way you're getting 90%. You might see like five, five or 10%, something like that. Uh, and, uh, and so apparently they do, they use this revenue apportioned model, uh, listener apportioned model. So, so the, the revenue is apportioned per listener. Um, and so that way, if you only listen to one artist on there, they're going to get what they're going to get your subscription fee basically or 90% of it. So it's a good way. I mean, obviously these days more and more, I think music is, is about, love like people don't list, don't just listen to crap pop songs anymore that have just been blasted at the ears i mean that's that, that still happens and you know everybody loves to dance at the club whatever um but um but people like to make a connection with the the artists that they listen to and so naturally if if they're paying money for music they want to give the money to the artist not to somebody else not to some middleman and yeah. I think even just thinking about about this new relationship that artists can have with their fans, yep. it should uh, it should stimulate people to want to make their own music mm-hmm. or want to you know express themselves. Whether, but I mean, this this goes beyond beyond just music. I mean, this is like people that want to podcast, people that want to create create any kind of digital format content, mm-hmm. and you know the the technology is allowing people to to build an audience connect with that audience, interact, uh, and then in return receive, uh, receive revenue or create revenue streams to keep doing what they, what they love doing. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's pretty exciting because, you know, now we don't need to rely on being fed, you know, what a small group of people might find is marketable. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I might have to start, you know, Rapping, yeah. Can you can you lay down something right now? No, not my Mr. thing. Mr. Battle, Mr. Battle. No, definitely not my thing. Okay, okay. No, sorry, guys. <laughs> maybe, maybe soon. I don't know. I don't know. All right. So the the other one we looked at was Music Glue. Oh, yeah. I want you to read out. Can you read out that interview that we found? Oh, because we got we had a look at the site. 
and, and uh, it looks like it looks kind of like MySpace, but it's used so you can buy merchandise and tickets from 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 the bands more directly. Um, but going on there, you're like, well, hang on. You look, you search for a show, and, and it comes up, and it's like, okay, this show is per ticket. It's it's forty dollars, and you're like, great. Um, where do I buy the ticket? And it doesn't tell you. It doesn't give you a link to Ticket Tech or some other ticket processing company. Uh, it yeah. does it, it, almost, okay. it tells you approximately uh, jack shit and a bucket of chips. So, so what what happened? It's like okay, we're looking for you know alternative alternative ways to get in in touch with if you're an artist and you're trying to push your music. And so you know, I find a Forbes article saying that you know music industry is getting disrupted, and here I'm reading through, and it's like oh you know, and, and music glue this and music glue that, it's going to change events and ticketing and revenue for artists and it's the future and so you know i, I click through and we're on music review no music uh, glue. that's what yeah. i'm on that's what i'm doing now we're on music glue and it's like wow ten thousand artists and it's like it's like uh shop front e-commerce sell your merchandise sell your tickets yeah. on online downloads and and it's like all right cool um so kurt asked me what is it i said it's just a shop front <laughs> Yeah, like n- nothing. Yeah, yeah. No, nothing special. Uh, and then, uh, then we try and buy a ticket. Didn't really go down too well. We tried a couple and still no luck. So I'm like, all right, well, let's let's check out this. Let's re- find a review on this music glue. And there's one from like 2000 November 2011, and it says, "How the buggery fuck does music glue work?" And that's a good ass review. It's like no, that, that that's the heading. That's the question. <laughs> and then I mean, he's actually. Oh, I, I was hoping that was the body of the review. <laughs> no, no, the, the, the body. One star. Ding. The, the body doesn't actually have that much more than it's like. Can someone okay. can someone shed some light? Question mark. Uh, I've actually done some Google in and signed up, and I still don't get it. Uh, <laughs> and, and then then he he says, skip the. Are you stupid? In quotations. And just jump through the explanation. <laughs> Cheers, United. Like that, that's, that's the number one review. And it's, okay, all right, no worries. And I go through and, and everything's basically, you know, I mean, people are pretty straightforward. Um, it, doesn't, it doesn't quite work. <laughs> and that was in 2011. So what the, like, is somebody, you know, sending up this site as a, as a, as a front for drug running or something? Drug, drug running through um, CD selling like th- through merchandise pack the drugs inside the t-shirts or something who knows but i mean the idea is cool <laughs> like you know allow the artist to go down to your local venue and say hey can i borrow your venue i'll do all the ticketing myself i got i got music glue to take care of that you know they take online payments and things yeah but it's it seems like it's missing a back end mm. <laughs> right it's like it's the, the the dial on the toaster just isn't connected so um okay so there's a few things but yeah so moving into the moving more into the future i mean those ones are pretty much already ex- existent but um if we talk about the future of course we have to mention the blockchain the chain the del block um like a den del bloque. Uh, the peer, peer tracks is an interesting one. So peer tracks is kind of like uh, like a lot of people. If you if you're in the Bitcoin space or cryptocurrency space, you probably know about Tatiana Coin. So Tatiana Moroz, who we we saw perform the other day at La Bitcoin, um, she um, to instead of um, selling CDs or crowdfunding in a, in a regular way or something like that to, to raise funds for a recording and, and you know, tour cost and things like that. Um, she decided to start her own cryptocurrency, Tatiana Coin. Uh, and, of course, it's, I mean, she, she probably outsourced and probably had to get someone to, to restructure the, the coin for her and stuff like that. Um, but what we're looking at with peer tracks is a similar system except there's no like messing around with uh, like rewriting the Bitcoin code or something like that. So basically you have these uh, unique tokens um, and you can sell them to, to your listeners or pe- people who perhaps are going to speculate 
on the future worth of your music. So if if they think you're you're good and people are going to love you so much more in the future, they'll buy your coins with the expectation that they're going to go up, or they they buy your coins with the, with the expectation that they're going to to um, go to your concerts later or use them to to buy CDs uh, from from you later when uh, after you release a CD or an album rather. Yeah, I mean the cool thing with that is because it's so secure um, and, and unique. I mean the, these keys can be traded amongst friends or whatever. You can't; they won't be copied. So you, as an artist, you can you can produce you know special content for people that own your tokens. Mm. So you know you can give directly. Uh, I mean, she um, she mentioned that she's got some personal photos from from Mexico City in her travels that she's going to make available to anyone that's got her. Her coins, right? So I mean, that's that, that's kind of cool. I mean, you know, we're talking about this relationship between artist and, and fan, and, and you know that you're directly supporting the the music that that you enjoy listening to and the future creation of that. Mm. So I mean, that's that's kind of what we want. <laughs> yep, yep. But the thing about peer tracks, I have some criticism. Like looking at the side, I'm like, hmm, I don't know if this. Uh, I mean, the the idea is good. But I don't know if the idea is going to catch on um, as in the in the way that they're marketing at at the moment because they're like trade notes. Uh, you log on there and it's it's talking about trading notes of your favorite artist benefit financially from finding talent early. And who really thinks about that? Like, when I I like this artist, I want to find if there's a way that I can cash in on it. I I don't think that's that's really the the way to sell this. Um, but then they've got here like get perks and privileges for supporting artists, which which makes a bit more sense. Um, so yeah, I think they might need to adjust their marketing strategy a bit. But I'm not exactly sure what the solution would be. Um, but yeah. even that even that peer tracks, I mean, that's still centralized, or is it? Or is it is it is the power completely with? With the artists, is yeah, it a that's decentralized a, model. Because right, that's another question. Too. I mean, if we're talking, yeah. if we're talking blockchain, then then eventually, you know, the the apps are just, we're we're just going to move towards d apps or decentralized apps where where artists are going to be able to have control over the, over the whole thing, and we're not going to have you know a central body that can say, yeah, sorry, your music has uh, been voted off the platform. Sorry about your fans. <laughs> you know, it's like you know you, you're talking about sensitive information. You know, you're you talk, you're rapping about about Trump. He didn't he didn't <laughs> like that. He just bought Trump knocked down the towers. Really? <laughs> Trump towers. Um, nice. Actually, that that's uh, that's dangerous territory because you know who who built the new one, right? No, who? Larry Silverstein. Did he? <laughs> I, 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 I you were asking me like you know. I know. <laughs> Did you know who built? No, I didn't. Do you? No. no. Okay. End of conversation. Well, it, I know. I, I thought that the tower was. It wasn't Trump's construction company, the one that built know. the new tower. Could be. It's a conspiracy. <laughs> okay, so Trump did knock down the tower. A guy, we we finally figured it out. It wasn't two uh, masked men from from Syria. Uh, with indestructible passports, um, Ying Yang. He built the new one. It's, a, it's obvious who knocked <laughs> it down. But my, my point is, someone with a little uh, power or cash could, you know, buy a platform and just dictate who who can who can have their content on a platform or not. Which is a problem with any centralized, yeah, blockchain anything. So and yeah, the and the yeah. technology's got the ability to keep it decentralized so it's like peer tracks it's like the first one of its level like the first the first one in, in its new game I, I believe so yeah so it's like cool but let, let's see what they let's see what they do with it yeah well yeah that was an interesting point that that uh, tatiana moros made the other day in a little speech uh she, she said that you know you listen to the radio how many anti-war songs do you hear and i have to say well, it's been many years since I've heard an anti-war song, uh, especially in a new one. Uh, and so, so the the question is, like, I, I'd never even thought about it before. But obviously, there are musicians out there who are writing anti anti-war songs, but they don't. They definitely don't get um, like mainstream media attention. And somebody 
you know, those nefarious media companies pulling the strings there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So then, and yeah, in in reference to the to the blockchain, I also expect that um, people are going to register their songs on the blockchain using unique hash IDs. And so that's going to identify that song. So whenever that song is is used on the internet, um, maybe the 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 money can be um, if if it's played for profit, then the, that money can be some of it can be pushed back towards that artist. Uh, and yeah, I'm not sure if that would be done as like a, uh, a a good faith thing, or if if the the artists have some agreement with the, um, with some kind of royalty collection agency, or how that would work. Um, uh, but yeah, I would hope that that people would um, even if copyright doesn't work in in uh, in enforcing who gets paid. Uh, I would hope that that there would be some other system would, that would actually encourage people uh, to to give money or to pay money um, to the original creators of music. Well, I, mean, I think there's always going to be people that are going to donate or send cash through mm. um, electronic cash types directly to to an artist. Mm. But but what, what I, where I think the blockchain is going to really help uh, artists get get funded and, and get remunerated for their work is, is going to be in the in smart contracts huh. and i mean what what's really cool about this is if you're uh because i think streaming streaming's here to stay yeah i i don't i don't think um i don't think people are going to want to you know maybe maybe they're old classics but i think people are going to be downloading mp3s it's like it's too it's too bulky and, and it's too hard to keep up with with new music but mm. if, if you're able to follow an artist whenever something new comes out you're notified and you can listen mm. to it directly. Um, their smart contracts are going to allow you to listen to and pay for exactly what you're you're listening to. And it's not going to be like where we're paying or we were paying back, you know, fifteen years ago, fifteen twenty dollars for a CD just to get an album that there might have been in production for you know for a year, like a year ago. Mm. It's going to be so sped up that, that your favorite artist might produce a beat or produce something that that morning throw it up, um, you know, after breakfast and all of a sudden it's like, you want to, you want to listen to this? Like you want to listen to my, my premium, my, my new music. Then, uh, it's like, you listen to it. And because they'll set up the accounts and the contracts where you have a certain, you know, you've got value in escrow and you're listening to maybe 10 seconds of the song before you realize it's rubbish and you don't listen to it anymore and they'll get paid and supported for that. Or you listen to the whole thing and you, you pay the artists for that. Yeah, yeah, and then it's divided like so. So they have the like, say, twenty five percent goes goes towards the the composer of the of the instrumentation, or twenty five percent goes towards the lyricist, and the twenty five percent to the performer, or so, something like that. So it's divided automatically and sent directly to the to their uh, to their wallet, so they can you know spend that money almost instantly. By lunch, it's only ten a.m. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it speeds yeah. up the the whole process. And, and yeah, everyone, everyone gets involved. I mean, that, that's, that's really, that's really cool too, because then, you know, someone that, that is involved, isn't going to be left out. I mean, if, if that's the way you want to set it up, Hmm. but uh, I don't know, maybe peer tracks might develop into something like that. I mean, it's got potential. Yeah. Alrighty. So that was another episode of the Paranise Paradox. So, remember to jump on to YouTube, press like, and press subscribe, and press dislike all at the same time. Jump on to Facebook and press like on Facebook. If you hover over the like button, you can press get notifications. It's a little known fact which may save your life one day if you're ever lost in the ocean and need to post a, a Facebook update and make sure that people can still know that you actually did it. Or just to say that I'm safe when something happens. Yeah, the you know the, the earthquake in Guadalajara on, on the 16th of December shook shook my shook me to the bone. In the the, uh, the 18th, today, <laughs> yesterday, I don't know. Every what's day, but there's been an earthquake <laughs> every day for the last three days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Things are happening. <laughs> Too much energy. Earth is moving. Okay. So with all that energy, do something. Action. Jump on our website and uh, donate. That's nice. You know, we're artists too. So, uh, <laughs> you know, send us a little something. Uh, Bitcoin. We accept old coins. Uh, cash. Good old-fashioned cash. That still works. Yep. Um, yeah. In... yeah, if you see us on the street, hand us a couple of coins. Silver coins? Sure, why not? Uh, while we're on the website, check out the Real Money t-shirt and other t-shirts. Um, but if you don't want to throw some cash, throw your cash at a shirt and then, <laughs> and then throw it on. Literally. Until there's actually money on the shirt. Yep. So you can buy it from us. So, yeah, because the, these t-shirts are custom. They're, they're around like between $10, $25. Uh, they're not too expensive. Quite good quality. And they have this good, cool design with, uh, with real money. So if you port, support currencies other than uh, than, than the, the almighty dollar uh, or other fiat currencies, then you might consider buying one of these beautiful shirts. And uh, you can check out the check out the design there if you go to the paradiseparadox.com and click on the, the link up the top there. And uh, you can see it. It's got it says real money. It's got bitcoins and silver and gold. Uh, to, to represent to the max exactly how much you love sound money. Peace. Peace. <laughs> so, the show notes for this episode at theparadiseparadox.com.